I can say it was an accident to, to be an actress. Uh, in that time, my focus was uh, to, to be a writer. And, you know, if you ask me, who are you? I, I can say I'm known as an actress, but inside Bahoran, inside me, I'm a writer. Welcome to How I Wrote This, a show about writers, their books, and the story behind their stories. I'm Pamela Hensley, and on the show today, Iranian-Canadian actress and writer Baharan Baniamadi talks about living a duplicitous life, brushing against the authorities very early in her career, and how her mother's last words finally convinced her to leave her country for good. Despite being raised in an open-minded, educated family, Baharan lived two different lives, one public, one private, in patriarchal Tehran. Encouraged by her parents to study art, she became an actress and a writer who first encountered the reaction of authorities to her work when she was asked to censor a story she'd had accepted for international publication. She moved to France to study French, returned to Iran when her mother became sick, then immigrated to Quebec in 2019, not knowing how she would be able to work in a field that requires proper knowledge of language. Just four years later, she published Prophetess, a book that won the top prize for an English language novel in Quebec that year. She joins me today in the studio. What's it like to grow up in Iran? Yeah, I was uh, born in Iran during the war, Iraq-Iran. And um, maybe when I was a kid, I was very disappointed or I was not happy. Uh, I I kept asking my parents why you because they were in uh, in the UK um, and in Turkey, and I asked them why you you didn't stay there, and um, but you know now as an artist as a writer, I I feel that it was very good for me because I have a source, I have access to to some stories, to to some uh, lives that a Western or uh, maybe other, it, it is different. I can say it is different in other countries uh, or other cultures. So I can say now I'm so happy. E- even something like uh, war, it could be very maybe traumatizing or something. But now I, I feel, okay, there are not lots of people that they have this experience. And maybe it is um, empowering uh, my, I don't know, story, my, my background. It gives it texture for sure. Yeah, sure. But did you, your parents were not, you didn't live with your parents? Yes, I did. Uh, I, I mean, before I I was born. They were in the UK, and uh, I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. before, yeah, they they got married there, and so so you were born in Iran in and you Iran. grew up in Iran. Yes, yes, yes okay. Yes. And did you live in Tehran in the city? Yes, in Tehran. And what was that like? Ah, oh, Tehran is a very very big uh, city. Maybe I can um, say four uh, or more uh, times than Montreal. Uh, it is something like Toronto, but you can find lots of things um, in Tehran, like um, 
old city, very modern um, part of Tehran. And uh, I love Tehran. However, it is one of the most, I can say, crowded, uh, one of the biggest city in the world, one of the most crowded city in the world, very polluted. But uh, I love Tehran because it is my home, uh, my motherland, my, you know. It's historic too, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. And what, what were your parents like? And did you have a big family? No, I have just one brother. My parents, um, uh, my mom uh, passed away um, eight years ago. Uh, so we are now very small family. But I have another family here in Montreal with my husband and my uh, son. Uh, but I, I can say I came from a very, very open-minded and educated family and I had this chance to be with them and be educated in that family. They were very open-minded and even comparing with uh, my friends here in Western countries, in a free country, I, I see they, my parents were even more open, more open than yeah, they were. Yeah. Is that right? I wondered if your mother was perhaps a feminist. Mm, feminist... You know what? That is very interesting. I'm talking about a very open-minded family, parents, but my mom was a victim of that society, that party, uh, uh, how we call it, patriarchal, in Iran, because uh, his father uh, didn't let her to study art, for mm. example, but herself when I was, for example, 15 or 16, it wasn't very okay to, to go and study art in Iran as a woman, at least. My mom said, what? You have the talent, you are interested, and I, I cannot let you to go and study mathematics or something. And I cried, and I said, no, I don't want to go and study art because it is not okay in this society. And you felt father, society was, you didn't want to go against what was accepted. Exactly. I, I was very, I, I wanted to, to be like accepted by the society. Uh, but my parents, my father, even my father, my mother, they said, no way, you have to go and study art. And it is something that... You're even, lucky. Even here, you know, even here, some families, they are not uh, okay like this. That's that's fantastic that you can look back on that and and you got that encouragement because I, I wondered if if they were supportive of you going but it sounds like they were more than supportive. <laughs> it is mostly my mother uh, because I, as I said she she didn't have this chance to go and uh, pursue uh, what she wanted. That is why maybe she 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 have always wanted me to to just follow my dreams. Mm -hmm. And she were always, uh, she was always uh, very proud, very, yeah, she, she wanted that. Even to, to go abroad, she encouraged me a lot to go and don't stay here, just go see and the world. study. Yeah, see the world. How was school before you got to university. What's it like to go to school there as a girl? Um, when you are in that society, you cannot recognize because we have uh, we 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 have always had this um, two lives actually. 
in uh, private life in our family and uh, with our family uh, and in the society in we our public life i can say so we we had that one we have still they they have people they have that those two lives there but i can say in that time i thought okay the the public life is like this but at least i have my private life uh, in an open uh, minded in an open minded family but now when i see i see no it wasn't okay and i i come with lots of traumas lots of limits and that you didn't recognize at the time no at the time i i couldn't recognize yeah Your parents recognize the artist in you, and they encourage you to go on. Why did you study theater? Oh, that's very interesting because, um, you know, we have a very competitive uh, process to enter to the university in Iran. And I I was accepted uh, by a university in graphic design or something like that. And the other one was theater. I had Two, two choices and in that time I didn't know about theater I, I I didn't know okay what is the difference between c- the cinema and theater you know it was like very vast and um, you just had a vague yeah, idea of it I, I didn't have any idea but I said okay I know that I love writing and maybe in theater I can find my uh, my way. So already you you liked writing before you yes, even studied yes. theater. Yes, yes. Okay. Since 15 years old, and even in that time, I remember I wrote a short story, and it was accepted to be published in Bologna, um, in Italy, but from the Iranian government, and they asked me to censor some parts because I was talking about God, and it was something like that, and. I don't know how I was. I don't know. I I can say it brave or what? I said no. Audacious, maybe. I, I said yeah. I said no. I want to censor myself and my my story. I I won't do that. And so uh, they they didn't publish that. I've heard there's a lot of underground theater in Iran. Did you ever participate in underground theater? Uh, yes, I did. But uh, we we never perform it in public, you know, in the process of rehearsal and everything. Yes, I, I participate a lot. Was it was it dangerous? It is. It is uh, always dangerous, and uh, you can find that in some countries doing uh, follow your dreams, do uh, theater could be dangerous and that is when when i look at that uh, it is crazy now all right so you're you're studying theater you love to write did you begin writing plays around this time uh yes but uh, of course it was very amateur and <laughs> yeah but so that's how you start Mm, I remember, uh, I don't know if you, you know, Mohsen Mahmalbov, very famous uh, Iranian director. He had um, a school. He, he was against Iranian education system, uh, governmental system, I mean. And he, he, he made a school, film school, Mahmalbov film school. And he got some students. It was not underground, but it was 
totally out of the system mm-hmm. and uh, they they had lots of students and even uh, I I got a friend here a Canadian friend uh, last year I I played for his uh, film Matthew Ranklin he was um, very interested that he, he was in Iran um, t- to go to this school anyway um, I wrote for them uh, for one of their students and it was totally as I st- told you, I didn't know what is the scenario, what is the play. It was very, 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 I don't know how I dare to to do that, but I did that. Uh, anyway, yeah, in that time I, I wrote something and they, they said, okay, the idea is okay, but technically you have to practice, you have to know about that. But, yeah, of course. So you kept practicing. Yeah. And then you... You went into film. You became an actress. Iranian cinema has a, an international reputation. It's, uh, it's considered very artistic and socially significant uh, and, and relevant. Is that part of what drew you to film? I can say it was an accident to, oh. to be an actress. Uh, in that time, my focus was uh, to, to be a writer. And, you know, if you ask me, who are you? I, I can say I'm known as an actress, but inside Bahoran, inside me, I'm a writer. I, I couldn't manifest. I couldn't write and be published. It was very difficult because anyone as a woman, you have to be uh, dependent to the government. You have to be, mm, I don't know, religious or you have to have someone to to help you. And someone to help you, your family, I, I didn't have... Uh, Do you mean financially or in, an, in another way? No, no, I mean uh, the, the networking, the... Right, okay, you know, connections. Connections, sort of thing, yeah. And, yeah. Um, or as a woman, you have to, to find another way, you know? And it is not easy at all uh, in that society. Uh, that is why I, I don't remember. I, I was very disappointed. And one day, one of my professors uh, told me, oh, you have some uh, talents in acting. And I said, oh, no, are you joking? And he said, no, 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 I, I, I see it. Then a few days after, another person, another person, and I said, okay, maybe I can give this chance to, to myself and... Uh, yeah, I, I was uh, accepted uh, for a small role in a fiction. So I said, why not? And <laughs> Give it a try. Yeah. And, and what was it like? You, made, you ended up making, what, three films? Ah, uh, before that, no, more than three films. More than three. It, How it many was like make? 12 uh, fiction, uh, features <laughs> okay. and more than 20 short films. And here in Quebec, uh, I've done lots of films and TV shows, uh, so uh, but I, I remember something. Sorry, we were uh, working on a play uh, by Jacob Wern and Nadia Ross. Just imagine how the world is small and we are all connected. In that time, if you ask me, where is Canada? Where is Quebec? I would say somewhere very far over there. I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Over there, exactly. I don't know. And now, maybe 20 years after or 15 years after, 
I worked with Jacob. He he was my mentor for my novel here, and you know how it is amazing. It is a small world. It's it is it is, and um, yeah. In that time, we we work on uh, their uh, play. However, uh, the um, director Amir Rezaquestani, uh, who is very very famous in uh, theater, he did a. Uh, Iranian adoption, actually, of that uh, play. So it was a little bit different, but it was the, the same play. About this time, I, is it around 2015? You've completed some plays and some films, and then you self-published a memoir, is that correct? It wasn't self-published. It was uh, the most uh, famous uh, publisher in okay. Iran. Yeah, okay. but it was after I went to 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 France and I finished my university. I I got graduated there, and then uh, I came back to Iran. During that time, I published uh, that memoir, and then I immigrated. You le- so you left Iran to go to France. This was to study. Yes. Okay, and then you completed your studies, returned to Iran. Why did you leave again and immigrate to Canada? I applied for Canada in 2005 or six, and it took like 13 or 14 years. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know, lots of things happened in that time, um, Syrian war and everything, because all our documents were in Syria, in Damascus. But I I told myself, I just want to go abroad. Uh, I don't want to stay here. Uh, that was the only thing I knew about my life. Be- because of what it was like to live there? Mm, because I felt... Um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. You didn't. I, I don't remember what was exactly, and even... If you asked me, I wouldn't say what, you know. Um, but it was just a feeling uh, yeah, that just, it, you it had was to a go. Feeling, yeah, I have to go. But I've always thought that I I will come back one day. Oh. And uh, yeah. But what happened in uh, in during that 13 or 14 years, I went to France to study French and practice French uh, because to to for immigrating to Quebec, uh, French was mandatory. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time, I heard that my mom is uh, sick. So I came back to Iran, and in French, we, we said, j'ai, j'ai fait ma carrière in Iran, did um, lots of films, lots of uh, published my memoir and everything. And when I lost my mom, the last sentence I can say is she asked me just don't stay here go to Canada don't miss this opportunity please and uh, take your brother too please go and take your brother too these were her last words to you yeah and um, I was like no I cannot leave you guys here and I have my um, I was noun I was you know I had a reputation good, yeah, already. reputation mm. already. And I was like, okay, I have to go to Canada and work like in a restaurant or I, I cannot work in art, of course, because I, I have to know English and French like mother language and I can't. So I, I said, no, I, I, I will stay here. But when I lost her after a few 
month, maybe two years, something. I felt that no, she she is right. She, wants, yeah. she is right, yeah. and I can't take things anymore here. Things like wearing hijab, pretend to be someone else. And I wanted to stay on my values. When I left Iran, I thought I will go and find a job, whatever, and just stay on my values. I want to stay Bahran. I want to be myself. I don't want to pretend that I'm religious, that I'm... Have this duplicity in your life. Well, that is brave. Did your father stay behind? He is there, yeah. Yes. Did your brother come? Yes, my brother is here. Oh, that's wonderful. It's about 2018 when you... Yes. When you arrive in Montreal. The last day of 2017. Okay, middle of winter, great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so you came here and you had to reestablish yourself. How difficult was that? Oh my God, I I can't (laughs) even imagine uh, how I I survived. Uh, I cried nonstop mm. every day even I remember one day I was walking on the street and I was crying and it was when I think yeah it, it is very I, I don't even want to think about those <laughs> days yeah. yeah but at the same time I can say I was very it was very paradoxical I was disappointed but at the same time I kept working I worked hard. I worked hard. I remember when I met my husband, um, he was like, listen, um, it is uh, the the beginning of our relationship and you are always wor- <laughs> at work, at school. And I don't know, you, you arrive at 10 and you are already exhausted. And But what happened then? Uh, a few months later, we had the pandemic and... I was like, okay. I can sit back yeah, now. Yeah, I can relax. One of your first jobs then was at... Here? The, yeah, uh, here, when you're trying to reestablish yourself. You joined the Tesri Juna Theatre, correct? Yes, okay. yes, yes. And you were asked to write an English language play? Yes. Uh, How on actually, earth would you do that? Okay. Uh, it is another story because uh, when I arrived, I was like, okay, I, I'm actress and writer. Two jobs very related, very um, dependent on the language. It is very important. The language is very important in these two jobs. If you are a mus- musician, if you are a painter, you don't need maybe the language, but as an actress or writer, writer. you need it. And perfectly you need it. And I was disappointed and I said... But why didn't you go to a French language theater? Um, in that time, my English was better than my French. Okay. Now my French, when I speak, is better because I used to, my daily life is in French with my husband mm-hmm. and everything. But when I, still, when I write or read, I'm better in English. Huh. It was at the beginning, I was trying, struggling, I can say, to, to find myself, uh, my, my place here. And... Uh, Actually, I I met someone, an Iranian, uh, who said, yeah, I wrote something in English, a play, and I got a grant. And I was like, okay, if she can do that, 
I can do that. And I tried to, to write, and my English, my vocabulary, when I write something, it is like a kid. Uh, and I need an adult um, native English speaker mm-hmm. to edit my text. Mm-hmm. So um, so you write what's in your head. Yeah, and then, you that is a, then, then it give is. Give it to a native yeah, speaker. Exactly. But for the for my novel, so yes, let yeah. me ask you. Let me ask you about the novel. So, so now it's only four years after you've arrived. Five. But in 2022, after only four years. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you publish yeah, a novel, why? Prophetess, in English, which wins the Quebec Book Prize. <laughs> I mean, this is incredible. You know, when I arrived the day after. Um, I said, okay, I have no job. I have no friend. I, I had two friends. They were not in Canada in that time. I have no friend. I have nothing. What should I do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I start to write something. I have a. I have the best publisher in Iran. I will send it to them and they will publish it one day, you know. Uh, I started and the story wasn't like this at all. But the day after I arrived, I started to work on it. The day after you the arrived? The day after. And it took like two or three years. And then I found Jacob and um, he encouraged me a lot. And he said, it is very good. You have to publish it. And I was like, no, not here. No, are you kidding me? No. I found the the language was beautiful. It was very lyrical. It was almost poetic. And and I wondered if that was, you know, the style you had written in before or if this style was particular to the story. <laughs> Maybe this by accident <laughs> because my English is not very good, so I I couldn't write uh, long sentences. Mm-hmm. It is very short, short, short and it is Automatically, it is like a like a poem. A poem, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe it is by accident. However, when I recognize that, I in French we say um, I put an accent on it. You know, you saw it straight. Yeah, and I I did it some. Yeah, I I, I modified. But for the prophetess, I had no confidence on myself in English. And I had someone in Iran and that person helped me a lot to because we spoke um, Farsi together. So I, for sure, I chose a simple vocabulary like a kid, mm-hmm. like a foreigner. And that person said, okay, instead of that word, you can use that word. And and I was like, okay, what does it mean? And he said, you know, we work together Mm -hmm. about the language. And you learned a lot. And and I learned a lot. Yeah. And then after that, even two, three more people, native speakers, they edited. Mm -hmm. Then Dimitri Nasrallah accepted and the rest yeah, is he, history, he worked, right? Yeah, he worked on it. So, Prophetess is the story of Sarah, a girl who witnesses the rape and murder of her sister in Tehran. She goes into shock, develops strange physical reactions when she's near men, and she begins to think and later act on the unfairness in the world. You said earlier that you didn't really recognize what it was like when you were younger. 
When did you start to realize that's what it was like? I can say um, the biggest part was when I arrived here. Even in France, I was younger and maybe um, I wasn't aware. I can say some small moments that I recognize, oh, it is different. For example, when I was very young, like five, four, something like that, I had, uh, I have a cousin who was born in uh, London. We, we were playing together and we pretend that I'm the mom, you are the auntie, you know, that mm -hmm. play. We imagine that we are in London and we go shopping. Uh, I put my scarf, why? Because my family, open-minded family, not religion uh, family, uh, we, we don't put scarf in, in our life, but in public life, mm -hmm. we put scarf, not m me as a kid, but my mom, my yeah. aunt and everyone. And she said, if we are in London, we don't wear hijab. And I was like, no, we go outside. And she was like, even when we go outside. <laughs> and I was confused, like, oh, in London, people, they don't go outside. They, they can go freely, you know. And um, it was shocking, and I was confused. And I asked my mom, and ma my mom said, just in Iran, we go outside and we put hijab. In other countries, it is your choice you to, to wear or don't wear a hijab, actually. That was the, the first one. I think that I was so shocked and confused. Okay. The other time, I remember I was in a subway in France. It was 10 o'clock uh, in the evening, something like this. And suddenly, I started to sing something loudly and I was shocked by myself and I said, why, what, you are singing? <laughs> and I said, oh, I can't do that in Tehran. Of course, everything I do in my private life, it's the same I do here, but as a public life, it's a very big difference between two words, you know, two societies, two, two lives, public lives. And so it was the other one. But here, maybe I'm more wise now. I recognize that, oh, my God, how many in details in daily life. I come with traumas. I come with very different things. And I, I put all these to, to, to my second uh, novel, which is in French. You will see it soon. I will put all those things uh, to, to the second one. I wondered if writing The, the Prophetess, if, that, if it brought things back for you. Mostly the second one. Mostly the second yeah, one? Yeah, the second one. I'm each part, to that now. <laughs> each part, I cry. Oh, it no. comes from my story, the people that I know uh, closely, you know. Mm. But about the prophetess, it was um, mostly scaring, scary. I can say, each time I, I wrote like I was writing, and I was like. <gasps> Wow, what happened? How it comes? You were scaring yourself. Yeah, myself. And uh, I was like, where is the resource of those stories? And 
Still, if you ask me, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, it is very in my subconscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sarah, the protagonist, uh, she eventually leaves Iran and she becomes an international celebrity. I couldn't help but notice certain parallels with Malala, the Afghan girl who was shot by the Taliban in 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, Malala writes that she tells her story not because it's unique, but because it isn't. And coming from a society where oppression is the norm, do you feel compelled to act as an activist? I would like to to be an activist, but I am not. And most of the people that we think that they are activists, they are not. Because activist, what is the activist? Activist is someone who, it comes from action, you know, posting or make some stories or videos. It is not an action that we need. It is an action, yeah, of course, but it is not the action we need it. So I wish to be, but I'm not. I try, I, I do my best as a person, ordinary citizen, but not as an activist, no. Mm -hmm. In Iran, there have been demonstrations, particularly following the news of the Kurdish woman who was beaten to death by police for not wearing her hijab Masa, properly. I mean, yeah. do, do you think they're having any impact? Of course. Now when I see, when I talk with my friends, my family, when I see some photos and videos from my own country, it is not the country that I knew five years ago. You see women. I, I can just respect them. I, I can just stand up for them and clapping for them uh, because it is something that I imagine five years ago, I wouldn't do that. I couldn't even imagine that one day my country, women without hijab in front of pol the police, not the ordinary police, they are the morality, moral, mm -hmm. morality, morality police, police yeah. uh, something like this, and uh, that which is very ridiculous, but we have it, and uh, they do that. They are so so uh, brave, and so you're seeing your country change before yeah, your eyes. Yeah, and people, it is something. Maybe you cannot recognize it, but. You, you, it is something you can just feel it. You, you don't need to see it. You can feel it. And never they go back. So the change is positive and the change is good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's finish up with a, with a little more information about your new book. You say you've, you're writing a new book in French. Of course, because um, at the beginning I, I told myself, I said one in English, one in French, because I want to be established in both uh, separated mm -hmm. art part of uh, Montreal. But at the same time, the, the second one, maybe about prophetess, the language is just a tool. Um, I don't need the language. Even you, you can write it in any language, you know. It's not important. But the second one, I, I talked with my mentor, and we should write it in French because it is about 
a young woman from Iran who is struggling to uh, learning French, and it is not easy at all in Montreal. So I'm the best <laughs> choice to write with my French. My <laughs> well, that sounds yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll look forward to that. Thanks Thank you very so much. much. That was Baharan Baniamadi. She's currently finishing her third book, a novel in French that will be published by Viacule Press. Find Profitess at Distilled Booksellers in Montreal and other fine bookstores everywhere. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks so much for listening. Please make sure you follow us on your podcast app and to sign up for our newsletter on the website howiwrotethisthepodcast.com. Next week, I'll be talking to Kim Twe, whose debut novel, Rue, won the Governor General's Award and whose latest, M, was shortlisted for the Dublin Literary Award.